and welcome to another episode of My Climate Diet, the podcast where I'm shedding the pounds of greenhouse gas emissions. I'm Lisa Pettibone, and I'm emerging from what feels like a lost year. Thanks, COVID-19. Anyway, it's 2021, and wait, that's not even news anymore. So let me try that again. It's end of March 2021, and I am back, baby. I have a lot to talk about, so I should probably get to it. In this episode, I'm going to look back at my emissions in 2020. You may remember that my goal was to go carbon neutral. If you don't remember that, you can go back to year two, episode one. Did I make it? Well, I'm not going to go into the details of carbon footprints today. For that, you can check out the very first episode. Because if you're a regular listener, you already know that the average German emits about 12 tons of greenhouse gases per year, and the average American about 20 tons. You also know that we need to get down to about 2.8 tons per person per year by 2030. And you may remember that I actually got down to 2 tons in 2019 thanks to a range of actions from small to huge. What did I do? Well, last year, my goal was to get down to zero, to become carbon neutral. I wanted to further smush my actual emissions as much as possible, and then figure out the best way to offset the rest. So how did that smooshing go? Well, the good news is I lowered my emissions again. I spent less money on stuff, which saved half a ton of carbon dioxide equivalent. And since I was vegan all year, that saved another half a ton. I did fly to Greece for a work vacation, which added half a ton because I didn't fly at all in 2019. So on balance, I saved half a ton of carbon dioxide equivalent. That's Not too bad, considering where I started. Now, to calculate all of this, I used the UBA calculator. That's the Umwelt Bundesamt, or the German Environmental Agency. What's interesting about them is they also give a number for emissions avoided, which is something that I want to look into more deeply, because my avoided emissions uh, were calculated at five and a half tons dwarfing my actual emissions of about one and a half to two tons. So does that mean I'm carbon negative? I don't think so, but these avoided emissions still sound like something interesting and worth looking into further. So stay tuned. Also, I didn't offset my emissions last year and I still have to close my non-green German bank account and find a green IRA in the United States. If anyone has tips, please, please email me. Uh, I haven't found anything yet, but I also haven't been looking that hard. So although there is some good news, I'm not perfect. And last year was anybody. But at the same time, I didn't have that many areas to cut. So my climate diet last year was mostly an information diet. I learned about degrowth and race experimented with the media I consume, and spent a lot of time trying to improve the amount and quality of climate information out in the world, both what I took in 
and also what I put out. By participating in this situation, co-facilitating stories from the future, teaching classes on sustainability and climate issues, and hosting this podcast. It's hard to put a number on it, but let's say I reached 300 people this last year, which is a pretty modest sum. Now let's say I inspired each of them to reduce their own emissions by one ton, also in the realm of possibility. That's 300 tons of carbon dioxide saved, far more than my meager footprint. Now, of course, this is impossible to quantify, but let me give an example. My friend Jason texted me that he and his boyfriend wanted to go vegan during the first COVID lockdown, because what else was there to do, right? So I wrote year two, episode eight, going vegan for him. And a year later, he's still vegan, his partner less strict. My husband has also replaced most of his meat and dairy consumption with vegan options. So calculating carbon savings for just those two people, we're at over a ton. My own carbon savings from being vegan for all of 2020, as I said, are about half a ton compared to 2019. So what's the lesson here? That my climate diet isn't enough. Now, I knew this when I started, but I still thought that focusing on myself could hopefully encourage others to take up climate diets of their own. And that's what I'm doing this year. I'm changing the concept of this podcast to our climate diet. This year, I'm going to focus on ways that we, plural, can amplify our impact by talking to others about their climate diets and by moving on to larger actions like activism and advocacy, which also means I should come up with a new metric for my goal as carbon neutrality won't cut it. Perhaps something like people reached? I'll have to think about it. All in all, I'm very happy with this outcome. Because let's face it, far more important than me being perfect is for me to increase the number of people getting started or going further in their own actions. And more important than that, is thinking about and acting in ways that change our political, social, and economic systems away from environmental destruction and toward regeneration and equity. To create a world we all want to live in that, yeah, also has a livable climate. How can you help? The first thing you can do is rate this podcast in Apple Podcasts. That helps me spread the word and others to find me. You can also write a review and tell your family and friends about this podcast. And if you're up to it, I would love it if you could drop me a line at lisa at myclimatediet.org. I would really like to hear how you're working to end the climate crisis and what topics you would like me to cover in the future. To that end, I just got another message from Jason who wants me to talk next week or well, as soon as possible, about baby clothes and what are the climate impacts of new versus secondhand baby clothes. So that's coming up. What's giving me hope this week? I'm really hopeful about the public actions that Extinction Rebellion and Fridays for Future are planning this month. Fridays for Future took to the street on Friday, March 19th, 
and will be more visible as lockdowns and COVID best practice allow. And if you haven't yet signed up, I recommend you start your own Rebellion of One with Extinction Rebellion on Saturday, March 27th at 1 p.m. If you don't want to be part of the civil disobedience, you can join in many, many other ways. Also, the Scientist Rebellion is this week. A call for all scientists to stop their regularly scheduled instruction to talk about the climate crisis. I'll be talking about impact at a panel organized by friend of the podcast, Francisca Elmer, on Wednesday. If you're interested, go to myclimatediet.org for more information. Oh, and I should also mention, Francisca has also started her own podcast, the Sargassum Podcast, in which marine scientists talk to people about how they experience sargassum, a problematic algae in the Atlantic. She's been far more on the ball than I have these past few months, so my hat is off to you, Fran, for starting and sticking with the podcast. I can't wait to catch up. That's it for this week. This podcast is a labor of love. And you can show me you care by telling me why you listen at lisa at myclimatediet.org. Thanks to David from Quince for letting me use his wonderful music. And if you want to stay up to date, follow me on Twitter at Lisa Pettibone. And don't forget to rate My Climate Diet on Apple Podcasts. That makes it easier for other people to find me and start their own climate diet. Because if everyone went on a climate diet, it wouldn't be the end of the world. I don't